Hey y'all and welcome back to the Rabbit Hole Show. Uh this week we have a special guest with us, someone I've known quite a while. Uh grew up in the church with her. Um but again, we all have a story. We all struggle. And then the good news is we're not alone. So as always, it's Charles here. And Casey, just want to give him a shout out for all he does behind the scenes with the editing and getting the videos put up on YouTube now. So go check that out. Um, but without further ado, Eliza Newell, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic and super happy to be here. Thank you so much. It's an honor to have you and excited to hear your story and for our listeners to hear your story and uh, story of hope and just, you know, a 180 kind of, of as me, you know, I was lost and didn't know who I was and filling voids in ways that weren't healthy. And it took a wake up call for me to realize who I was and my worth. Um, and we all have different wake up calls to figure out who we are. Uh, and you just have to listen and adhere to those. And I had quite a few, but it took me waking up <laughs> off life support to adhere and really know, all right, I have to make a change. So I'm glad that you're here and willing in your vulnerability to share your story and journey and where you are today and how you got here. So thank you. Well, I just want to say thank you for providing that platform for all of us that have the honor of coming on to the show because it's something that's super needed in this world. And it's and it's really sad that there's not more of a push for it. Um, and I really hope that, you know, that this is a big you know turn for society, that, that this is what we start chasing instead of chasing distractions, instead of chasing, you know, hiding behind this mask. I think it would be, you know, the, the most beneficial thing for everybody to take that mask off and, and just show who we are and and that way we can all grow together because we all need each other, like we were talking about before we started. And um, like I said, thank you again for providing that platform because it's it's really huge. And and just everything that you've been through and and showing that light. And that's the whole point of, you know, what Christ talks about is being that light unto the world. And it's hard to be that light a lot of times because you don't want to admit that you didn't know <laughs> what you were doing. You don't want to admit that you made the mistakes. But at the end of the day, it's like the like we have this misinterpretation of what strength and weakness is. You know, a lot of people believe that that it's it's weak to go through those things and it's weak to to have that story, but in reality it's like no like the, the strength that it takes to get through that. It's it's and then coming out on the other side. It's it's um it's beautiful to see other people being able to open up and be vulnerable. So so yeah, thank you for everything you're doing. Well, thank but. you. And yeah, you're welcome. Um, yeah, we all go through valleys and it's not uh, what goes on in the storm, but just how you overcome it and, mm -hmm. you know, the outcome once you're out of the storm, what you do and yeah, um, not dwelling on the past, but, you know, being able to reflect and learn from the past and move forward and, you know, make a difference, you know, as you're doing and we'll talk about here in a little bit and uh you know me learning what vulnerability is and uh with casey's help starting this podcast and platform for people like you and others to come on and share their story and struggles and how they've overcome those and gotten to where they are because um, yeah. we all have a story and struggles and we're not alone yeah so just hearing those stories um allows people and our listeners to hopefully resonate and know that they're not alone if they feel like they are alone so. absolutely so who are you? Tell tell our listeners who Eliza Newell is. <laughs> what are you doing right now? And then we'll jump into, you know, your story and what you want to share. Um, let's see, Eliza Newell. Um, I am a martial artist. That's what I do. That's my passion. I've been teaching karate for gosh, years now, ever since I was 13. Um, I'm 26. Um, I was in the martial arts world ever since I was five. I'm so grateful for my father getting me into that when I was young because he's always been in the martial arts world. Um but we have our karate school. Um, and honestly, it's been one of the best things that has always kept me grounded was being able to work with kids, because I will say kids are the most purest form of love and existence because they're unencumbered by, you know, what other people think, you know, they hit a certain age and then they start caring. But like the, the, the younger kids, it's, it's very refreshing and, and honestly grounding to be able to, to work with kids. So I'm very grateful um, yeah, I, uh, am a third degree black belt in Kempo Karate. Um, I'm a brown belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. You just got that, I think, right? I did. I did. Congrats, I just, congrats. thank you. Thank you. It's a, that's a whole other journey in and of itself. Um, I started at Charlotte Jiu Jitsu Academy under John Piper, that man, I, I swear by it. He straight up saved my life. Um, he is an incredible, incredible coach, an incredible man. 
um, provides such a great space for people to learn who they are. And um, I get emotional a lot talking about it. But um, yeah, my brother and I, we both are brown belts. Um, We got promoted together and um, that was a a great experience. But yeah, working really hard um, in that. I've competed a lot and excited to compete again. Mm -hmm. Now it's exciting because it's a whole different. Now I'm on the the bottom of the totem pole again. You know, I'd reached more of the like higher level for the purple. And now it's like right back to the the drawing board, which is amazing. And it's like another great challenge. It's a new journey. Exactly. And I'm, I'm so excited and so honored to be a part of that gym. And so, um, the huge shout out to, to, to John Piper and Charlotte Jiu-Jitsu Academy and everybody there too, that seriously changed my life, changed how I viewed myself. And so I'll kind of get into that a little bit when I share my story, but, um, yeah, so that's, that's who I am now. Definitely a different person than even two years ago. Um, so much growth has happened so much, pain, but also just the, the outcome of it, I would not change a single second of my experience here. So, um, just excited for the future. Um, I took everything that I've learned over the past couple years. Um, I would say really seven years ever since, um, I was 19. Um, and I'll get into that more, but starting a program called the guarded goddess and then sub sub program with the growing goddess of, um, trying to help young girls and also women, not just with self-defense, but also the protecting of not just your body, but of your mind and your heart and your soul, because the society does a really crap job of providing a safe place for, you know, people to feel like themselves. And it, and it goes, and it's not just for women and for young girls, it's also men and, and boys and um, but I've just specialized in the the young girls and women's side. Um, but I want to do everything that I can to share my story with them. Um, I had the pleasure today of actually having a seminar, um, a little private seminar, but even just getting to talk to those two girls, they were 18, they were fantastic. And just being able to share part of my story, excuse me, part of my story with them so that they don't, you know, maybe they can just hear my voice, just make sure to tell them that they are enough and they don't have to find extrinsic validation outside. You know, it's, it's, it makes a huge difference in your life and finding purpose and passion, which I'll kind of get into. And being um, confident in yourself and knowing your worth. Exactly. That's something Mm -hmm. I didn't know my worth. Mm -hmm. You know, I thought I was, you know, a nobody, you know, you know, dirt. Yeah. And I treated myself like that and questioned people why they saw more in me than I saw in myself. But, you know, once you know your worth and believe that, you know, Mm -hmm. life, it's not easy always, but it's much easier than. (laughs) And and, uh, my my little kind of catchphrase for my my um, program is it's you are worth fighting for. And that's something that I wish that I would have known for myself because I was more of the self-sabotaging type Mm -hmm. that because I didn't put value on myself and you're not going to fight for something that you don't value. And so the saddest thing is we will fight till our, you know, till our knuckles bleed for other people because we see value in them. But then when it comes to ourselves, it's like, we'll just become doormats so easily just because we're like, oh, well, you know, I I don't really see myself as somebody that I should fight for. And so it's like, it's not just for self-defense. I mean, I think I'm a big believer in your first line of defense is even the energy that you give off. It's like, if you value yourself and you have confidence, you're much less likely to get messed with. And that's not even, like I said, just the self-defense side, but the people that come into your life. And Mm -hmm. one of the biggest things that I've learned is as a giver, because I, I believe that we are all here to give to each other, but there are givers and there are takers. And so as a giver, you have to learn how to set healthy boundaries. And that was not something that I knew how to do. But one of the best quotes that I heard was as a giver, you have to learn how to set boundaries because takers don't have any. And so it's really hard to learn that, you know, when you don't when you don't value yourself, it's hard to put boundaries out there and hard to stand up for yourself. Be like, Mm -hmm. no, wait a minute, I'm not going to take this, you know. And so that's why I wanted to to start the program that I do, because of all of this, you know, the Instagram and the the social media, TikTok, all of this stuff that it just convinces you it warps this especially with all the filters that they have now and it's like I, I watch the young girls even that that I know at you know my karate school some of them have the TikTok and you know I sound like an old person saying the TikTok I'm not I mean, yeah, I, we didn't have social media when I was in college yeah I remember Snapchat was coming out yeah when, my senior year I believe and yeah I was like I will never use Snapchat yep. you know and uh Instagram I think came out my senior year like 
Mm -hmm. All we had was Facebook and in high school, we had MySpace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it. there's pros and cons. Absolutely. The world uses it a lot as cons and able to suck people in to unhealthy so know. fast yeah. and 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 even like the, the way that the filters are set up it like alters even your facial structure and then i'm like that's creating such a disconnect between like how are you supposed to find your identity when the 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 picture back that you take or the video that you take doesn't match what you see in the mirror so it's like that's what it's like you're not able to take your mask off exactly you're never able to take your mask off and then and then you start to resent who you see in the mirror because you've created this false identity with the social media and then and most of what we see on social media is it's all posed, it's all fake, it's all edited. And so there becomes, like I said, this huge disconnect with what reality actually is. And and that's why, like on all the clothes that I have that I that I, you know, have for my company, it's um the tagline is always on the tagline, it says, You are enough, because I want young women, um, young I mean everybody, young men, men, women, everybody to understand that they are enough. They don't have to they don't have to be something that they're not. It's it's and that's that's what I had to learn because um, you don't have to be anything for anybody. The best thing that you can do for the entire collective is be yourself and Amen. be the best version of yourself because you can't make somebody else the best version of yourself. By You can't you can't pretend to be something and that will that will help them. That, that helps nobody. They right? have to want it. You exactly. Have to want it. Yeah. Exactly. So you so you becoming yourself and and it gives other people permission around you to be themselves as well. And that's another quote that I I love. Exactly. Because it gives other people the the safe space to do the same, because it's like people can tell when things aren't they don't really match up. Mm -hmm. So then everybody's going to be guarded. So if we can all just get to this place of of no, this is this is reality. This is who I am. I'm proud of it. This is who I am. I I know that I can always improve, but that's that's the beauty of it. We're ever changing, ever growing. And so like one of the last quotes that I'll say right now, um, before I get to the story, I actually just heard it the other day. Um, but it goes, when we're in a dark place, so often we fear that we've been buried when in actuality we've just been planted. And if you can live your life in that mindset of no, I'm not buried, I'm planted. All I can do is just grow from here. Then it's so much easier to become the best version of yourself. Cause when you when you convince yourself that you're buried, there's nowhere to go. There's absolutely nowhere to go. And that's where I was. I just kept burying myself for the past, you know, there was, I, I spent about five or six years burying myself, burying myself, distraction, distraction, self-sabotage, not valuing myself. And then I'm kicking myself now in a certain way. You know, you have to be lenient with yourself because we never know until it's too late a lot of times. <laughs> yep. Um, but there are times where I have to remind myself, nope, just be patient with yourself because you were naive. You didn't know better. Um, but it's like, if I had spent that time valuing myself back when I was 18, 19, 20, like, where would I be now? You know, you can't get caught up in that side. You, would, of, you so. wouldn't have the business. Exactly. The exactly. Yeah. Purpose that you have now. Exactly. Same with me. Yeah. yeah. A lot of us, we have to go through those dark mm-hmm. valleys to get to the other side, to see the light yes. and then to be able to pour in to those who need that and are going through what we went through and also maybe be able to prevent some of those going, having to go through what we went through just by sharing our story. Yeah, absolutely. For us, we had to go through it. Yeah. Um, But that might be to be able to enlighten others. Absolutely. And I believe like one of my, uh, the biggest things that I learned was, you know, if, if we heal right after, after you go through a really long period of time where you've, whatever, whatever's happened to you and you've, you've since healed and you've changed your life, but all you do is go about your life just in a different way. Okay, great. You might have a great rest of your life, but then all of that time was in vain and the, that you, that you spent suffering. And the only way for that time to not have been in vain is to make that your purpose to, and it doesn't have to be everything that you do. You know, you don't have to devote your life to every single day going out and speaking in a different place trying to be like, no, people wake up, you know, you still can live your life, but you can use it as your purpose to help others like you're doing like with this platform. And and like, that means that everything that you ever went through will never be in vain because of even if one other person takes a shard of what you said and changes their life from it, then everything you went through was not in vain. It's worth it. It's all worth it. Yeah. Because I wouldn't change what happened. Absolutely. I mean, it was tough, but Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be who I am today. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't know what I know today 
if I hadn't gone through those experiences because yep. it strengthened me, sharpened my sword. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I mean, that's, you know, the, the, the armor of God they talk about, you know, is this, that constant, there's, there's another concept that I love when they talk about, you know, you know, you're never, you should never trust the knight with the perfectly shiny armor. Cause that means he's never seen battle, you know? So it's like <laughs> all of the, all of those dents in that armor that we have and that, that sword that, you know, has had to be sharpened over and over again. And then it ends up sharper than when it started, you know? And that's, I, I love that, that mentality of it's like, yeah, we, we, we have to go through a lot to get to the other side and to, to be able to live a life of purpose. Amen. So yeah. Amen. So, so let's jump into your story. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, you got a lot of good nuggets and, mm. uh, I feel like you've learned that because of your story. So big time. Um, and I feel like a lot of our listeners, especially girls and women, will be able to resonate with your story um, from what you've shared with me prior to recording. And um, it's one that needs to be heard because, as you're saying, we all have worth. Mm. Um, and in today's age, people don't believe that because of the social media yep. and there's all the worldly things that are distractions that, I mean, as time goes on, there's always going to be different things that are distractions. And right now, social media and just politics and everything is just, it's it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of women and children, girls will um, be touched and moved by your story. I'm a, I'm a guy, I'm a man, <laughs> and you, you know, your story moved me oh, and I was you. able to resonate with it. So um, let's jump into it. All right. Um well, I guess the best place for me to start is I always grew up in the church. Um, Carmel Baptist. Carmel Baptist. Yeah. You're looking for yes. a church. Uh, go check out Carmel Baptist. Absolutely. Alex Kennedy mm. is the pastor. Um, Love Alex Kennedy. Yep. He's by far one of the best pastors that I have ever heard in my entire life. Like he's. He came up to, to the hospital the night yep. when I uh, everything happened and um, was there. Yeah. And then I think the church is several thousand now. Yeah. But. Um, yeah, it's Highway 51 and Alexander. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, pa- Pastor Alex Kennedy is amazing. Mm, he is, absolutely. He's very personable and takes time to get to know you. Yes. Um. Yeah, grew up there. I went ever since I was four. Um. We were at Carmel um, back when Dr. Poplin was there. Um, yes, also me. amazing. Yes, <laughs> awesome, amazing. Um. Yeah, and then I went to Carmel Christian. So I grew up definitely just full on in all encompassing just Christian um, surroundings. And so, you know, I had a very strong faith. I remember the conversation of my salvation story, like when I was five. And I remember Mrs. Bierbauer, who still to this day is one of my favorite people. She was my kindergarten teacher. She's the one who led me to Christ originally. And um, (laughs) she I remember coming home and I told my parents, I was like, "Um, so I asked Jesus to live in my heart today. And my parents were like, oh, okay, cool. You're five. Like, do you know what that means? And I was like offended. I remember being offended. I was like, yes, I know what that means. I was like, I want to be baptized. And so um, Bill Smith baptized me. Um, and that's also very special um, to me. But it's funny. So I, I just say all that to say that it was definitely hardcore in the faith and um, was like, no, nothing could ever pull me out of this. And so uh, I remember always growing up wanting to be a mother and a wife. And so I really put all of my focus on on that. I didn't really ever try to establish a career. I didn't try to establish um, really myself. I didn't I didn't really know what it meant to have an identity because my identity in my head was wrapped around getting married and being a mother. A lot of women. Yes. Girls, Mm -hmm. I should say. Um, I mean, yeah, young women. That's a lot of their that's what they want to do and yes. their purposes in life, but there's yeah. so much more to that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, and that's, and that's still where I want to be. Like, that's still my main drive, but I realize that I cannot be a good wife and mother if I don't have an identity and a, and a purpose of who I am. Cause the best thing, like I said, that you can do for anybody else around you is have that purpose, have that drive to be the best version of yourself. Because if you don't pour into yourself and try to grow yourself, then how can you grow small humans? You You know, you can't. And so, um, and, 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 and you can't not, even if you don't mean to, you can't not wound, you know, others because you're still trying to figure yourself out. You're still wounded. uh, Exactly. Exactly. And it's an, it's an ever, everlasting paddle of of learning how to someone if you don't love yourself. Exactly. And you need to work through your trauma before you get into a relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's why God has me in this season right now, Mm -hmm. you know, being single and it's hard, but it's where I'm supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
I mean, there's a lot of trauma that, you know, I've unpacked, but still new routines, new healthy coping ways. And you can't jump into something just to fill a void. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Um, Learned that one the hard way quite a few times. Um, So when I was 18, um, I ended up meeting the older brother of a good friend of mine that was in high school. It was was like in my friend group, um, my best friend best friends like other best friends older brother if that makes sense um and like i said i want to preface all of this like i'm not here to drag anybody through the mud like it's like one of the biggest things like we just said like every single person is wounded and they're always doing the best they can with what they've been given and what they've got and so like i said before a lot of like it, hindsight is always 2020 so a lot of our actions one of the biggest things like i said that i've learned um is everything that somebody does to you or for you or any of that is all based off of what their perception of reality is, right? So there's another great quote that says, your perception of me is a reflection of you. And my aware- my reaction to you is an awareness of me. Wow. So I love that That's one. That's a good one. The, because, because that was where, you know, I, I was... I got married when I was 18. Oh, I'm sorry, when I was 19. Um, we dated for a little while. Um, it was what I thought was... a God ordained relationship because he did everything right. I mean, he was very like I was bent on waiting till marriage and um, he was very respectful of all of that. And um, he would take my dad out for for lunch and they would talk about our relationship. And so everything he was just doing the right checking the checking the boxes. Exactly. And so I had never really had a relationship prior to him. So I didn't know what a real connection was. I didn't know what love was. Um, I was operating based off of my perception of reality at the time and what a relationship was, you know, what you learned from growing up in the church. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And I was like, oh, he's doing everything right. Um, And we got married. And I remember and I mean, I never shared this with him, but I remember driving to like the hotel right after we got married. We were driving away from the ceremony and I went out to hold his hand and he didn't respond to it. And I could feel the like lack of feeling, if that makes sense. And like you, I, and you just got married. We had ju- literally like a couple hours prior. Just set your yes. Vows and- yes. And I, I was never personally. I'm. I was. I never wanted a big wedding, so we had a very small ceremony. It was very like I just. I wanted the emphasis to be on my marriage and the relationship. You and, waited and yeah, dreamed of this day, yeah. you know, and and then I, I didn't care to like make this show of like you know I, I don't i wasn't a big like i don't care about the flowers i don't care about the plates and the food and whatever i we had barbecue catered like i was like we go. i just wanted to be real you know and that's all i wanted i just wanted something real and so i remember driving away from it and i went out to hold his hand and i was just like oh my gosh what have i done i don't think he loves me and it was like this nauseating feeling but i was like no 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 i was like this is your wedding day like emotions are high like of course like you're probably overthinking it but the rest of like our honeymoon experience i could just feel this distance with him and i felt like he also was also like what did i just do i don't really feel this um mm. he was just kind of going through the motions of this is what I think I'm supposed to do because I'm 25 years old and this is the next step. And so um, the next nine months was a really, really tough time um, because I was really, really hungry for love and just wanting to have that like sacred divine union that I had been dreaming of my whole life that, you know, I know that God creates specifically, you know, for the purpose of like for love, because at the end of the day, like all that we ever have is love. Like that's the the bottom line, the biggest thing. And that's why I love working with kids. Like I said, because they're the biggest example of unconditional love. Like the hugs that I get, like I could cry mm-hmm. right now thinking about it. I just love hearing my students being like, Miss Eliza. And they'll like run up and jump in my arms. And that's something that I would not trade for anything in the world. Um, because it's just a beautiful reminder of unconditional love. And so it does, like it doesn't matter what kind of day they've had. It's like then that's why I love that children just live in the moment and they're like, "Oh, a new a new like stimulant that's in front of me. I'm going to enjoy this. I'm going to be present. I'm just going to freak out because I I just saw her yesterday, but I'm going to be it's super excited. It's a new day and I <laughs> love that." Um, but anyway, so um there were moments and like I said, it's not I'm not here to, you know, point fingers at, you know, why the relationship went bad or, or but your whatever, but it's my story, my, my experience, my side of it. Um, but I could tell, like I said, right off the bat that he just, we, he just did not love me. 
And so that's devastating. It was it was devastating, especially like where I was. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense because this I did everything is? right. Yeah, yeah, I did everything. I did all the things right. I waited. I did all the you know. And so um, and he was checking the boxes, checking the boxes. And then the second that we got married, all of it stopped. And so I remember I think it was two months. <laughs> I laugh about it now. At the time, it was pretty sad. Um, but two months into our marriage, uh, he. I always loved playing the housewife. So I would always make him dinner and so excited for him to get home. I would hear his truck because he had a really loud truck and I would hear it pull up in the apartment complex. I would get all giddy and excited. So I made him his, one of his favorite dinners and he was sitting across from me and he just looks up and he's just like, oh, I thought about something at work today. And I was like, oh, t- tell me, honey, like, what, what was it? He's like, well, I thought about like, I actually kind of wish I had a job that would take me away for weeks or months at a time so that I would actually be excited to see you when I got home. This is two months, two months into, into it, marriage. Into the marriage. And I was like, uh, I'm um, sure you were excited and loved hearing that. Yes, it was great. It was yeah. so, it was exactly what Especially I wanted to hear. <laughs> yep. Jeez. And wow. so I looked at him and I was just like, I remember this, the pit in my stomach where I was just like, wait, like you're not excited at all to see me? He goes, well, I just see you every day. I was like, we've been flipping married for two months, man. I was like, and I'm not that boring. <laughs> his truck pulled up. You made his favorite. Yes. You were giddy. I was giddy. Excited. I Your felt like I got coming. sucker punched in the gut. I was just like, bro, what? Like, Damn. like, yeah, like, okay, ouch. Let me first say ouch. But it was funny because even at that time, I still had no identity and I didn't value myself. Now I would have looked at somebody and been like, well, then what are we doing, man? At the time, I was just like, oh, um, well, what am I supposed to do? How do you want me to fix this? When in reality now I'm like, that, that's not on me, man. Like yeah. it's, you know, I mean, obviously I would want to do everything that I could to help fix the situation, but it's like, if you don't feel that, you know, then please be honest. And so, so it was this, it was nine months of me being like, is everything okay? Are we okay? And he would always look at me and be like, yeah, everything's fine. And then that like this, that severed my trust in my own judgment because I was always like, he says it's fine. But I also know something's not fine. So then it created this like, what is my reality? Like, what do I trust? What do I know? And so it, it made me, like I said, not trust myself. It made me have a hard time trusting other people after that when they said that they were okay with me or just okay in general, because I could always tell that something was off and he would not be honest about it. He wouldn't admit it. And like, I don't hold any resentment against them or anything because at the end of the day, like I said, we're all wounded. And it's like, that is something that's really hard to admit to somebody like, oh yeah, by the way, I don't actually love you. And I just like, had you marry me at 19 and took your virginity and all of these things. And I just had you, like I said, marry me. And so it was, it was, I know that that would have been something really hard to admit. So maybe he couldn't even admit it to himself. Yeah. Um, but we spent where I was hurt was the fact that he couldn't just be straight up with me and say, like, cause we even went to, we went to dinner with my family and his family for Christmas. And um, literally like he came back from work and we had like 10 minutes to get ready. I, I was already ready, but I was super excited to see him. This was probably maybe eight, seven months into the marriage. And his dad was staying with us at the time because he lived in Florida. And so <laughs> he comes in and he's like getting ready and he goes, oh, I was I had a thought today. And I was like, oh, boy, another thought, <laughs> another thought. Yay. What's this thought? And so he's like, yeah, I just don't think we're soulmates. And I was like, OK, good. So we're about to go to dinner with our entire family. And this is what you tell me 10 minutes before that. And I was just like, OK, <laughs> I mean, obviously, at this time, I had already pretty much guessed that, yeah, we're probably not because you don't love me. And he really didn't want anything to do with me, not physically, not emotionally. Like, I'm not saying that we didn't have like some moments where things were like, OK, and things were fine. And but it felt like we were roommates. And like, that was what really hurt where this I was just all like under a year. This was marriage. all under a year. Yeah. Not nine months. Nope. You know, nope. No. Yeah. And so I was just like, I was like, why, why, why do you think this? And he's like, yeah, I just think somebody would make you happier than me. And I'm like, but I'm not, but I was like, I'm, I, I've made vows to you. I want to make this work. Like I, and I was like, I'm trying to put in effort. And, and then, you know, it was, and he just was super nonchalant and like had no emotion behind it. And I was just like, what am I supposed to do with this information now that we're about to go to dinner with our entire family? And then he, we didn't really talk about it after that. Like he just, he would just kind of drop these things. And it was like, I felt like, you know, it was just him. Now I recognize it was him subconsciously pushing me away um, and trying to get me to leave because he didn't want to be the one that admitted to admit that like, yeah, um, I also know that I wasn't supposed to do this. Um, but mm. so 
Yeah. Long story short with that, it was just a lot of time of me. I would I would cry like almost every night after a certain point because I was like, the only way that I can get out of this is if one of us dies. Cause I was like, I don't want to be divorced. I was like, I don't, you know, especially with that, the, like I was like, I, as a Christian, I was like, I never, I was like, I can't get divorced. You're you know, divorce is wrong. Exactly. You don't get divorced. Exactly. You don't get divorced. And so I was like, I genuinely felt like I was completely trapped, but I was like, but I also, then I felt guilty for feeling trapped. Cause I was like, but I vowed my life to this man. And so I wanted to do anything I could to try to make the relationship Which is work. Unhealthy. It was so unhealthy. But you didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. And so, um, so it was a lot of like, it just, it completely like flipped my, my perception of reality upside down. I felt like the floor had just been like, was just crumbling underneath me. I had no foundation because everything that I had ever thought and everything that I had ever believed in my heart of hearts was just ripped away. And I was like, wait a minute. I'm starting to see like a different side of reality and I this doesn't compute with what so it like put me in this like sense of of just disarray mentally all the time. And so but I wanted so bad for it to work because I also didn't want to admit to myself that I had made and I don't want to say a mistake, but like I had I had let myself be in a situation where maybe I wasn't called to be. I was ignoring signs. I was ignoring like things and I just rushed into it because it was what I thought I wanted instead of me actually taking time and being patient for what God had for me. It was me being like, okay, so this is what God wants. Um, and this is what I want. So this is what I'm going to do. And so, um, so yeah, so we had, we had a couple situations kind of at the end where I would just, I would just try to push him and be like, what, like, what do you want from me? Like, what, like, are we, he's like, well, we can stay married if you want, but like, if you want to leave, that's okay. And I'm like, what are, what are we doing? Like, what is this supposed to be? So just dancing around. And so there was, there was a couple of things that happened that I won't mention, but, um, it, it doesn't matter now. Um, and like I said, I've since just moved on and able to let go forgiven and, and let go. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I remember the last night I will share this part, the last night of just everything of me finally trying to get a reaction out of him of like, what do we do? And we just ended up finally getting into a fight. Cause we never fought it was, that was the other weird thing. It was like, I would be like, can we talk? And he just would kind of, He'd be like, you can talk if you want. I'm like, no, I want to communicate. Like, I need you to talk back so that we can figure this out. We never did. So it just led to all this burying, burying, burying until one day just blows up eventually. And it blew up so hard in our face. And so I remember just I was I mean, just straight up vulnerability here. Like I was just like desolate, like just I was just to the point I was to my breaking point. And I remember I was just sobbing that night. And then I was like trying to like. And we were having this fight and I was just like, why, like, why are we here? Why don't you love me? Like what, like, or do you love me or whatever I was asking? And I was like, because I don't know what to do with this now. And so then, you know, he was saying whatever he was saying. And I remember I just got sick to my stomach. I ran to the bathroom and I was just throwing up and, and he came in and I was like, okay, this might be a good sign to see like if he actually cares or not. But he just like leaned up against the door and he just starts arguing with me more. And I'm literally at my complete rock bottom breaking point of just just I was shaking and throwing up and I was just sobbing and looking at him. And I was just like, do you love me? And he looked at me. He's like, I guess not. And I was like, so what do we do? And then he's like, I guess then maybe we should just call it. And I was like, if OK, like because and he, for a little while, like he would keep saying like, oh, I want to go to couples counseling, couples counseling. And he's like, why are you against it? And I'm like, I don't want to go to couples counseling until you are willing to fight with me for this because he wouldn't talk to me. And I'm like, I'm not going to go sit and pay somebody for you to talk about the relationship when you want to talk to me. Because I was like, that's I was like, you're not you're not communicating with me. And I'm like, I don't because also I don't know how you're going to like make this scene out to some third party i was like i'm paying that you're paying and then yeah because i'm like i'm i'm all for couples counseling i'm i'm all for therapy i'm all for all of it but you have to make the effort first because i was like i know that somebody else is not going to make you want to make this work if you're not if if, you're not willing to it's that's that's that not that it's a last ditch effort it could it's like a supplement it's just like vitamins you can't survive on vitamins you have to eat your meal and the vitamins are what adds to the meal right Mm-hmm. And so that last night, you know, we, we called it and that was it. And I went home and I was just, and I told my parents everything that night and I had not told them 
anything up until this point. So they thought everything was Gucci. They could they could tell that something was off, but I never admitted it because I also I was still like, okay, well, if this works and we end up married forever, like I don't want to ruin their view of mm-hmm. him and, and like make them think that, he, you know, but then I ended up just telling them everything that night. And then they, my dad was like, you're not going back over there. And I was like, well, I wasn't planning on it because we just like decided to separate. So then a year to the day, that's, you know, you have to be separated for a year and a day. Um, so on Valentine's Day of I think it was 2016 or yeah, 2016, I was signing divorce papers because we we had an amicable split. I didn't want anything from him and he didn't want anything from me. I was just like, you take what you went into this marriage with and I'll take mine. Like, yeah, but I'm taking the dog. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was, we didn't have anything together. Yeah. Um, you hadn't built a life. No, no. And so. um so then after that, I just I I was so like all of the self-confidence that my parents had built. I'm very fortunate to have very loving and unwavering parents that built me up. Um, They're amazing, by the way. They are amazing. I they sat they are uh, my family at yeah. Baptist growing up. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Good parents and your brother as well. Oh, absolutely. I'm 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 so fortunate to have the family that I do. And um. And so they spent 19 years building me up and I was the girl that like I didn't have my first kiss. I was like 18. You know, I was like I valued myself, but it took only nine months for somebody to completely uproot all of it because it was the things that happened in that marriage outside of, you know, what I've talked about. Um, It was just such a self-confidence destroyer because he always and like like I said, I'm not here to point any fingers whatsoever, but just the fact that he never would admit that like he didn't. It was like in his perception. And I didn't understand that it wasn't me at the time because I didn't understand that. Like I said, the quote, you know, everybody's the way that they, they treat you is the reflection of what's going on in their life and their perception of reality. And so mm-hmm. I thought it was me. And so I thought it was unattractive un- undesirable. I was like, nobody's going to want to be with me physically or emotionally because he didn't. Which are all lies. And so, and I, yeah, and I, I didn't know that at the time. So then I ended up spending the next, like, let's see, till I was like maybe 24, 25. It was really 24. 24 is when I started to have my wake up call. Um, but I spent about four, four and a half years after that, just self-sabotaging. I ended up in relationships that I absolutely should not have because I had to prove to myself that I was desirable. And it was like that validation that I was always seeking outside of myself. And I didn't spend any energy whatsoever pouring into myself. And so I, then I started jujitsu. Um, I started, well, I started jujitsu like in the middle of kind of like the, the end of my marriage, which is also what genuinely saved my life from probably some really dark things. Yeah. Um, but, but, uh, yeah, so I, I spent a really long time just allowing things in my life that now I said hindsight 2020 that I should not have. Um, but you don't know at that time, like when you don't value yourself, you really don't know what you're capable of. And so I didn't, I didn't pour into myself. So I, 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 And I also didn't want, I didn't want to do the one night stands. I didn't want to do any of that. So I allowed myself to get involved with guys that didn't value me, that actually just further exacerbated all of my insecurities and made me, you know, further hate myself and further have that disconnect of that self, you know, or that, that sense of self when you look in the mirror. Mm -hmm. And so I remember, um, while I was doing all my healing, like I'm kind of jumping ahead right now, but there was one night that I was, I got very deep into like meditating and praying, um, over the past two years. And there was one night when I had my candles and I, I, I was praying and I was like, God, show me what I need to see. And I was super deep into this, this like trance, which I, I know that I have like really bad ADHD. So like the whole, like sitting alone with my thoughts it's was hard. really hard because it was like this just constant bombarding of just like just so much so i was never able to sit alone with my thoughts and that one night i remember i was looking in the mirror i had just prayed that and i opened my well i had my eyes closed i opened my eyes and all i could see was my 19 year old self mm. and she was so broken and it was like i had been wow. burying her burying her and i, I didn't want to look her in the face because i was so ashamed of what i had let my life become from like who, like where I thought my life was going to be. And so I remember I just broke down. I lost it. I was sobbing and I was 
out loud apologizing to her being like, I'm so sorry that I let you down. I'm so sorry that I did not value enough to stand up for you. I'm so sorry that I did not come after you, that I didn't chase after you to let you know that everything's going to be okay, that you are worth so much more. You are worth fighting for that. There is so much that you can do and you have an identity. It's going to be okay. And so that was, that was a really big night. And I made some big strides after that one. Um, Amen. but, but it, like I said, I got involved in jujitsu and, but it's funny that like I started to, to do these things, um, and start these hobbies like writing poetry. And, um, I started to write, I've written a kid's book and I would love to get it published one day, but, um, I started to, to, to do these things for myself and like with music and writing, I've written over 60 something songs now. Um, very and, talented singer. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I just, I get it from my dad. That's, that's who I give it credit to, but um, but so I realized though, that even though you do good things, it doesn't mean you're it's, it's like, it can still be a distraction mm-hmm. because I was spending all of this time and granted a lot of it was self-expression, but even with jujitsu in the gym, like lifting, I would murder my body because, but I was like, no, no, no this is good for me because this is, this you're is distracting yourself, I, but it was all a distraction. And so I really, distra- and it was more of a healthy rather than like some of the self-sabotage right. that I was doing before you're with doing people. But I was doing too much of it. And then so I was, you couldn't heal and exactly and sit rub. alone. Exactly. And so mm-hmm. that and that's why I also became to really hate social media because I would spend hours just scrolling because it would distract me from my reality. And that's why I hate the sense that it does create a false reality because it doesn't make you sit alone with your own reality. And like I said, social media can be a great tool. Absolutely. It can connect you with people that you wouldn't otherwise be able to be connected with. Um, but it if you're not careful, it can become so much of a vice that you do not see what's really going on and it will hold you back so much farther than you think. And so even if you're not looking at anything that you shouldn't be looking at, it doesn't matter. Even if there's just something in front of you that's constantly taking away from where you should be, like you're not, you're not doing yourself a favor. Mm -hmm. Um, so I went on this, um, I will give a shout out to one of my very, very great friends. Um, one of the people that I respect the most, but, uh, Alyosha Goncharov, um, he was the one when I was about 24 that he started to show me that I had to sit alone with my thoughts. That's hard to do. So I hard with to that do still today. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to do because when you have to face it and you're not just facing you and all of the like maybe not highest potential that you've reached. Like I'm a, I'm a big quote person. So I'll tell you this one. They say like the, the, um, the definition of hell is not death. It is seeing is meeting your highest potential self the day that you die. So let's just say, you know, you just go through life passively, not focusing on your present because the past is not what changes our future. It's our current existing present filled with purpose that is constantly affecting where we are going to end up. So if we are passively going through our present, we are never going to reach anything that we could remotely reach if we just made effort. And it doesn't have to be 100% effort every single day because we cannot do that. We cannot do that. But as long as you're putting in a percentage of effort to better yourself and to heal and to sit with who you are, because what I can do now being able to sit without because even music, that's another thing, like people listening to music all the time, just constant. They, if they're driving, they have to have music because it's also a distraction from their thoughts because you can go into that fake reality of picturing what you would like to have, or you can make a little music video in your head or some little movie montage in your head of what you wish your life was like. And so that takes away from what your life can actually be like because you're not sitting in that present and figuring out how to create that life, right? So, um, one of the biggest things that, you know, I learned too, is like that, that, that demon or the devil that talks to you and, and says all these things like, you're not worth it. You're not, you know, you can't do it. Um, you should just give up now. All, all of the things that the, the devil will tell you and all of the things that he knows will tempt you to, to, to keep you from your best reality, from your best self. And the best thing that you can do is to be able to sit alone with your thoughts and when you do that, you're able to differentiate those intrusive thoughts or the, the, the some people hear it. Some people just have the thoughts come across, but you can start to differentiate what's you versus what's that that demon talking to you. And you can fact check. And you can both. fact check because 
you start to understand that no matter the how much pleasure is in those moments of 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 like, OK, well, if, if you do this, you know, you're going to have a little fun. I mean, you know that you shouldn't do it, but but come on, it, one time it's not going to hurt. You know, this 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 isn't going to hurt you in the long run. It's just it's just temporary and nothing matters. That is the biggest lie that the devil has convinced the world is that nothing matters. One becomes two, two becomes four. Absolutely. Because so mm-hmm. every decision you make has a consequence, whether it's a good yep. or bad consequence. Mm-hmm. And even at, you know, a 10 year old who makes a decision that can affect them later in life. Absolutely. Yep. But you're not thinking that at the time. No, no, you're, you're thinking not. of the moment and that self gratification. Absolutely. And that, that instant self gratification is one of the biggest killers of potential because when you allow yourself to succumb to like, okay, yeah, the, the, just, just one more time. It really won't hurt. I'll stop right after this. No, you have to make a conscious effort every single day to and and one of like I said that my favorite things that I've learned about life is when you start to become so driven with purpose and it doesn't mean like you don't always get to work your dream job that's just the way that life goes I'm like not we, right now and 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 it would be a, a beautiful world for everybody to be able to do their dream you know but when you start to realize that you have to accept reality as it is and mm-hmm. everything just it is what it is. That's what my mom used to say to me all the time. And that's one of my favorite things that she used to say is. And now I actually understand it is it is what it is like. You can be angry at something that's going to get you nowhere because all of that energy that you're putting into being angry, it's not going to further like th- nothing good is going to come out of that it because it doesn't have to be forever. Exactly. Either. Exactly. It, it can be temporary. It can be absolutely the temporary. Job I'm in right now can mm-hmm. be temporary. You Everything know, is temporary. A relationship that's unhealthy can be temporary. Absolutely. Anything can be temporary. Yeah. But you have to have that motivation and that drive and that see the self worth to keep moving forward absolutely. to reach your full potential. Absolutely. And a lot of people don't. Mm-mm. And and they and like one of my like. <sighs> The, the, like I said, I always say like, Oh, the biggest lesson I've learned, I've learned a lot of big lessons. So I feel like all of them are my biggest lessons, but I keep repeating myself. But, but when you are so driven and focused on purpose and knowing that every single moment that you have is affecting your future, and it doesn't have to be this like overwhelming feeling. It's just like, okay, I recognize I'm cognizant. I'm aware that what I'm doing right now is going to affect me tomorrow. It's going to affect me in 10 years. It's all like the, you know, they talk about the butterfly effect, you change one thing in the past and the entire future is different. Right. That just shows you how much one moment affects affects everything. But so when you're when you listen to that voice of purpose, that demon, that 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 voice that talks to you in the background that says, no, 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 just just do this here. Just just no, 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 just come hang out over here for a little bit. Go do this. You can't hear it as much anymore. Or even if you do hear it, like I've I like to say (laughs) that I've started to kind of laugh at that voice because I'm like, you know what? As much as as much fun as that sounds, that's funny because I know for a fact that none of that that temporary gratification, like let's just say all of it together, all of that temporary gratification, that pleasure, that worldly pleasure, none of it can even compare to the joy that you feel when you are in a purpose-driven life. And so I wouldn't trade any of that. So it's like the devil never stops talking to you. If anything, when you are on your purpose, like, like talks more. he talks more. And Denzel Washington says that he, he there's a quote that I heard recently from him where he says, if the devil's not coming after you, you that means you're right. doing something wrong. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know that when he's coming after you, then you're doing something right. Amen. Because he will always try to attack the, the best parts of you and he will always use what he knows is your devices is the little things. And and that's why like that, that spiritual warfare, it's, it's all, it's extremely intelligent. It's all strategic. And that's why it's, scary. it's so scary because you have to be cognizant that, that everything that I said, like I said, that you're doing in each moment will change drastically your future. And so that's why I wanted to start this program with the young girls and, and, and the women. And because it's like, I, I want them to to be able to feel that passion and joy that comes with purpose Amen. and 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 it that's what gives you identity it's not anything it's not anything you can wear anything that you can have none of that gives you identity because that's all extrinsic extrinsic you can't Excuse take me. it with you when you, you leave the service. Nope. and and the only thing the only thing that we ever truly own because we we don't own anything or anyone because everything else like i said is extrinsic 
The only thing we have is experience. And so it's up to us. It is completely 100% our responsibility what kind of experience we have. And that is the gift of the present that God gives us. Amen. That is the absolute beauty and honor in what existence is, is experience. Because the past only exists in your mind and the future only exists in what a guess or a, a hypothesis of what it will look like. So I promise you're not promised the future. Mm -mm. All you have is the here and now. Absolutely. And I've said this at maybe every episode, but I was always worried about the past, dwelling on it mm -hmm. and dwelling on it about how it would affect my future in the moment. The present moment was slipping by and I wasn't enjoying it. So I wasn't living that purpose driven life. Absolutely. And that's the... The experience of the here and now is genuinely all we have. And if there's anything that I can ever tell anybody is the beauty of relinquishing that mask, the beauty of that vulnerability, when you are able to just step into who you are, no matter how broken it is, because broken can always be fixed. Broken can always be healed. Turn into something very beautiful. Beautiful. And there's like a Japanese, I don't remember like the word for it, but there's an art of when they, when they break dishes, they will replace it with like gold lined, like that's how I've they glue it back that. together. And they consider it more beautiful than it was before. And so it's like the same thing with the battle armor that night. You don't want to have shiny armor all the time. Like how badass is it to have like some battle wounds, some battle wounds and then scars and and you have a story and that's, I mean, everybody has a story to tell. And so it needs to be heard. It needs to be heard. And not everyone knows that mm -mm. everyone, a lot of people in you know, the mission statement, this part of it is, you know, we, I thought I was alone Yep. and that's a big lie. Mm -hmm. So that's why this platform is for people to share their stories. So yep. others will know that they're not alone. You don't have to take the world on by yourself. Nobody can. <laughs> and that's the whole You're not meant to No. We can't do that. I mean, and that's, that's like I said, the beauty of the experience of, of connection with others. That's one of my like, like most valued things now is, you know, my connection with others. And you have to be very careful who you connect yourself to and who you, who you tie yourself to because their experience also becomes your experience, right? Because yeah. if somebody is not going to, it, you don't want to surround yourself with, I mean, you can help those, you know, that you can always help people. But you don't want to surround yourself with people who do not want to enjoy their experience because your experience will be drastically influenced by that as well. So you always want to surround yourself with the people that that are like, hey, we're here not for a very long time. So and and like there are always going to be misalignments and alignments. And like that's that's the whole like you always have to ha you have to have disorganization to have organization. You have to have chaos to have organization. So if like I've gotten super into like like the uh, the makeup of of like our bodies and like what makes everything work. I got mm -hmm. super into quantum physics like recently as well. Um, and that was just another thing that further pointed me to to God and like a creator and the divine yeah, beauty real. that he absolutely. And so if you take, you know, our, our, our DNA or our molecules, like on, on a, if you take a microscope and you look as deep as you can, you will see perfect order. Zoom out a little bit. It's complete chaos. You cannot make heads or tails of anything. Zoom out a little bit more. Perfect order. Zoom out. Chaos. And it's like this. And that's what it's the ebb and flow of life. And the more that you can just lean into every single present moment, regardless, because life is not what happens to us. Life is how we react to what happens to us. And so that's what actually dictates your reality, because you could be having a perfect life. Nothing bad is happening. But if you were just going to decide to be miserable, no matter how much you were with somebody that is devoted and in love with you, if you are not going to enjoy that experience, what's the point of being in that? Right. So it's 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 up to us to decide whether we are going to enjoy this experience or not. And I can tell you from the other side of it that it is 110,000% worth all of the pain, all of the moments of feeling like I don't belong because that's just another adventure to find where you do belong. And so it's like this constant, beautiful, ever-changing adventure because it's like we're on this, we're in this car we cannot jump out of the car. Well, we, we can jump out of the car, but that's a whole other thing. And you, Another story. You can't Another. jump out of it and survive, right? Yeah. So we're we're on this destination. You know, we can we can choose what paths we go down, and we can also control the music. So what kind of mood are we going to have, right? 
And music is beautiful because it's an experience in and of itself. Everything that's given to us, everything that's in our reality, food, um, hobbies, all of that is a gift of an experience. Mm -hmm. So it's up to us to enjoy it or not. And we can have a bad attitude or we can have a good attitude. And I will tell you that like, no matter how bad it gets, the more that you actually are grateful, gratitude is the key to life. The more that you are grateful for wherever you are, the more you end up where you're supposed to be. Amen. And that's. And with that, I think, will you share your poem with us? Absolutely. I know you've done a lot of writing. And, yeah. Uh, and I know, yeah, earlier you were asking, what part of the poem should I share? And Casey and I were like, just share the whole thing because it <laughs> needs to be heard. And um, so, yeah, read, read us your poem. You've written several, but the one that we were mm. talking about. Well, perfect. I would be honored to. Um, it's called Just Be. Pick your phone then. Um, it's called Just Be. Just be. That's all that you can do. I don't understand why we all keep living this ruse as if everything's fine and we all know how to deal as if we know what we're doing and we don't really feel. We just keep pretending that life is just how we planned. We must show on the outside that we most definitely understand. So that's why inside we all feel so lost. We don't dare pay the price that vulnerability cost. We're all so afraid if we show what we feel will be laughed at and shunned for just being real. No wonder we're all befuddled and lack identity because we're all too busy managing a fake reality. That nothing's amiss and everything is fine. How ironic that it's the biggest waste of time. One's judgmental ruling is hypocritical at best because the very same one's own life is in some way a mess. If we all just admitted we're all a little confused, how easy it would be to fix this detrimental ruse. I mean, and that poem fits perfectly with everything we've literally just talked about. <laughs> the beauties of synchronicity. That's that's another one. That's that's a fun rabbit hole. Pun intended to go down. Amen. The <laughs> rabbit hole. The rabbit hole. <laughs> it and, goes deep. And right now we're sitting here in the darkness because of the storm that's going on. <laughs> you know, the rabbit hole. Anything can happen here. Anything can. That's and you life. Just, yeah, exactly. And the mis- the misalignments, the chaos, you just have to lean into it. And you just sometimes you're in the dark, but you remember that you're not buried. You're just planted. And you're not alone. And you're not alone. <laughs> so before we end, yeah. what is the best advice that you've received and lived by because you've gotten a lot you have a lot of quotes that you live by and all are good Mm. but what would be the best advice you've received that you hold very close to your heart and live by and um i know you said your mom it is what it is um and that's Mm -hmm. true but what else the best advice that i can say is spend time healing and facing do you have to face head on whatever you are running from So you can't run from yourself. You have to spend time chasing yourself. You have to put that energy and effort. You have to, because the world is not made up of matter. It's made up of energy. Energy is neither created nor destroyed. It can only be transformed. So you always have everything inside of you already to reach that full potential. If you're not there, that means that that energy is being spent somewhere that it doesn't need to be. So all you have to do is you have to shift your focus, shift your perception because perception controls reality. So you shift that perception into, okay, where is this energy going and how can I transform it to push myself to the best version of myself? Because when you're constantly chasing the best version of yourself, those demons are not loud. They can't sway you They'll always be talking to you, trying to pull you away from that path. But chasing your best self, chasing you, facing everything head on because you are strong enough. No matter who tells you otherwise, know in your heart of hearts that you are strong enough to face whatever you need to face. Spend time healing. Never be ashamed of any of it. And just be. Amen. <laughs> and also two things um, for anyone who wants to get into jiu-jitsu, karate, whatever, mm-hmm. where's y'all's um, building located and how can kids get involved? Yeah. So uh, our karate school is on Carmel and it's kind of like right by Carmel and 51, that intersection. Um, you can shoot me a message on Instagram. Um, I'm It's at the Eliza Brook. Um, I will always answer Um, any DMs, or you can look up the Martial Arts Training Institute. Um, And then my program too, if you, if anybody's interested in, in, and you know, their young girls, self-defense, self-confidence training, and then women as well, self-defense. It's the Guarded Goddess. Um, Same thing. You can find me on Instagram or uh, look up the location. It's still, it's still there. And then anybody that's interested in jujitsu, 
Um, for adults, it will be Charlotte Jiu-Jitsu Academy in Noda with John Piper. You answered my second question without me having to ask it. Well, perfect. Perfect. <laughs> um, well, Liza, thank you. It's been an honor and just your vulnerability and been amazing to see, you know, know you as a kid <laughs> to have this conversation now um, and the rabbit holes we've been down yeah. that have brought us here in this moment together to share your story. It's amazing. So thank you. Thank you so much for everything you're doing and and for everything that you've done and for having me on. It's truly, truly, truly been an honor. So thank you. It's It's been an honor for me. So thank you. <laughs> Uh, thank you all for tuning in this week to the Rabbit Hole Show. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, want to come on the show, have a story that you want to share, uh, please shoot an email, the Rabbit Hole Show 21 at gmail.com. And then uh, stay tuned for weekly episodes. They come out every Thursday at 6 a.m. on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So go follow and subscribe on those platforms and then also youtube uh we've started kind of or casey i should say has started uh getting that platform um growing in the video aspect of the podcast is now starting to come out with those weekly episodes where you can go watch um each episode so again thank you all for tuning in this week with eliza and her story and her vulnerability uh, it's been awesome just to hear your story and just where you are now and the growth and the self-worth that you see in yourself that we've all seen in you. <laughs> so thank you again for sharing that. And um, again, go check out our Instagram, uh, the rabbit hole show, all underscores So the underscore rabbit underscore hole underscore show uh, for content and Stay tuned for next week's episode, uh, The Rabbit Hole Show. Thank y'all.